Hi guys, welcome to episode 19 of the Self Love Effect podcast. I am your host, Desiree Toppings. And before we start this week's podcast, I just want to give a very big thank you um, and a happy Mother's Day to every mother out there taking on the most fulfilling yet hardest job in the whole world. Um, Feliz Día de las Madres, a todas las mamás lindas y bellísimas. Gracias por todo. Um, We love you so much. So if you're a mom, if you're listening, you're an amazing individual. And um, the world is so lucky to have you. All right, guys. So on this week's episode, um, it's a lot of reflection. Um, I actually have two special guests sitting in front of me. This is the first time we do this. Um, and honestly, it's a round table and, um, it, it's going to center around being Latina, Hispanic, Mexicana growing up and just the struggles, the internal struggles and how to overcome them and what they have done to overcome and to get to the point in their lives being such two very impactful, empowering and strong women, strong, beautiful women. Um, so before I go any further and introduce them individually, I wanted to read you guys a poem from define me, divine me, the internal struggle. She cries in the shadows where she thinks no one can see her, but her guides up above are looking down, wishing she would listen. She's unaware that these encounters are what's building her character, putting a sword in her hand and an armor on her chest to protect her. She feels heavy, but soon it will mold into her body and fit like a thick layer of skin. And the next time around, she will move quicker than before, more graceful, more subtle, more lighter than ever. She will slither into battle and laugh at her triumph, but not just for winning. For now, she knows that the pain was to be endured so that success could be defined. So with me today, I have... My dear friend, Crystal Dilger, who I've known as a child since I was a child. And then I have my other dear friend, um, Jessica Washington. So thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. Thank you for um, sharing your vulnerability with us today. And um, I'm so excited. And I just feel so much energy coming from you guys. Um, and I already want to cry, and I don't even know why. Um, so <laughs> thank you. And um, yeah, but I want you guys to read, because normally we have um, a lot of self-love quotes in English, but because this podcast is a little different, and I feel like it's like on my heart that we share some quotes in Spanish about amor propio. So I want either one of you can start first, and then I'll end with one. Hi, everybody. My name is Jessica, and I will be reading Amor Propio. El, el único amor por el cual deberíamos preocuparnos por, en, por encontrar es el amor propio. Los demás con el tiempo llegarán solos. And this is from Frida Calvo. Hello, Crystal here. I'll be reading in Spanish a quote. El amor propio no llegará cuando tengas una piel de porcelana o tu cabello llegue a tu cintura. Tampoco llegará cuando uses talla cero 
el amor propio no llegará cuando vayas al cirujano o cuando toda tu ropa sea de, de marca. El amor propio llegará cuando empieces a quererte así como eres, desde ya, cuando comprendas que cada parte de ti es maravilloso y que la felicidad no depende del cómo te ves, sino del cómo te sientes. All right. So owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities, it's risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. The experiences that make us the most vulnerable only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. All right. So each of these women will be sharing their stories and just, um, you know, hoping that we impact, um, inspire someone else in hopes that someone listening is able to say, either me too, or I finally have the courage to speak out, um, and let this weight get lifted off my shoulders. So, um, Jessica's going to start first and then, um, we'll go from there. So, well, thank you for having us, uh, today. What? Okay. So I know this is a little different, but we'll let the conversation flow. Um, we're all a little nervous, right? When we first get here. So, um, but first tell me what does self-love mean to you? And then you can lead me down the path of when it changed and what you went through, but take it one step at a time. So self-love to me means, oh girl, <laughs> getting yourself up at your worst, right? Yeah. When you think you've hit in rock bottom, it's not really that, right? You just have to find the strength to get up and go pushing forward. Because no matter what, one, you do it for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But two, when you have children, it's different. So you do it for your kids because you want them to see that mom could get up and get going, right? So self-love to me means getting up and moving and pushing forward no matter what um, happens to you. Right. Um, we are, we're not always going to say, Oh, you know, just keep pushing forward. No, no, no. It's when, you know, you're at your worst, like you're like sitting there like, okay, what am I going to do? Right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get up and we're going to keep pushing forward. Right. Because your kids don't care that mommy doesn't feel good, that you're dealing with postpartum, mm -hmm. that, you know, you're feeling ugly today that, Oh, you know what? I just don't like the way I look today or, or I'm feeling fat or, all the negative things that come to our head, right? So we have to find a way of getting up and pushing. And that's what I feel self-love is. If you can find the energy to get up and get going, then that's what's that's what self-love is to me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's you're right. Um and you know, I think as moms we have such a power to us, but also if you're not a mom and you've hit that place, it's kind of like you have nowhere to go but up. Um, and we're only given one chance at this life. And really none of us, um, you know, are expected to live, to wake up tomorrow. You know, it, we can 
pass away in our sleep. God forbid that happens, but that's the reality of it. You could be the healthiest person, but you're not guaranteed another day on this earth. We don't know. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard and it's messy, but, um, that is self-love. That's the journey. It's, it's not, you know, roses and sunflowers and butterflies at all moments of every single day. Um, but before we go any further with Jessica, I want to ask you in the beginning of this, um, Crystal, what does self-love mean to you? Well, I just want to start by saying thank you for having me. Um, I'm a little nervous, but I'll try my best to get out of that. Oh, man. Self-love. It's been a journey um, to be able to say that I have that. Um, but I'll tell you, and uh, to me is happiness is me choosing happiness. That's something that I had wrote to you. Yeah. Is a quote I live by is I choose happiness. And I think to myself, everything I've been through, um, was I happy? No. So what did I do to get to that point is I chose me. I made sure what makes me happy, what makes me smile, what makes me crystal. So to me, in a nutshell, it's I'm going to choose happiness every day. From now on, forever, that self-love is to make sure you're happy because yeah. it's a choice. Right. Happiness is a choice. <clears throat> if you're not happy, you you have the power to change that. Nobody else. Right. You. Right. So, yeah, you know, we we can find happiness in even the little littlest things every day. Like um, my friend had some just like, oh, my phone's working. Um, My car works. Um, My clothes are clean. Like Mm -hmm. the simplest things. Oh, you know, my hair looks nice today. It doesn't have to be this extraordinary Mm -hmm. thing to find happiness Mm -hmm. or joy or a wink in every day. It could be the smallest little detail but it defines gratitude in every single day and it builds up. And after so much, like we don't see the neg, we don't see the, the negative. Um, we see the positive, even on our worst days, we tend to see more positive than negative when we wake up, um, with gratitude and happiness and willing to find the joy in every day. Um, so yeah, but Jessica, um, wherever you want to start, um, it's totally up to you. But this is your story, and you're the only one um, that can tell it. So whenever you're ready. Let's see. I come from a very, very Hispanic family. Um, Very tight, you know. Um, We don't speak about anybody's problems. You know, you don't tell anybody your business, right? Because you don't tell nobody what's going on in your household, you know. So everything's hush-hush, you know. Uh, Out of all... uh, the family members, I was the only kid working out or, you know, in sports. Yeah. Because sports, what is that? You're a female. Why are you doing sports? You mm-hmm. know? Oh, shopping in discus? What's that? What's basketball? Oh, basketball. Oh, okay. All right. Are you really doing basketball? Are you really doing sports? Or are you just going just because, you know? And, and yeah. when you grow up in such a tight home, you know, your parents are pretty strict. Love them, you know, but they were strict, right? And they didn't understand, right? What, oh, you have a basketball game. Okay. Wait, outside of school? Yeah, mom, outside of school. You know, I'm actually really good. You know, shot put in discus. 
what is that sport? I don't, I don't understand it. You know, right. everything's what is everything's new. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us growing up are, are, are scared of, of, of new things. And even now I, I, I second guess myself, like, should I really do this or not? Because this is how you're, you're raised, right? Yeah. Like don't take no chances. You know, if it's not good, it's not, it's not meant to be. And, uh, growing up, I, 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 I just had a, keep pushing and say, you know what, this is what I like to do. And this is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. you know? And then I had kids and it was like, wait, why are you working out? Why are you doing weights? Like, you don't need to do all that. It's, yeah. it's not for anybody. It's for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you have to find what makes you happy no matter what. Right. Um, so that's basically what it is. You know, you just, do you, no matter what, you know, I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you don't like the way I look. Uh, and uh, it's funny because people always think I'm, I'm a different nationality, right? And mm-hmm. I look Samoan, Puerto Rican, Filipino, everything but yeah, yeah, Hispanic, does. okay? I am so Mexican, it's not even funny. Okay? <laughs> she is. I'm yeah. the one with the... <laughs> Con su pinche so, so, socks and Selena y Frida Kahlo y Virgen de Guadalupe. And my Virgin Marys, you know it. <laughs> so as of right now, right now I'm wearing a shirt that says Mexican as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, I know. It's, and Dodger colors, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Courtesy of the hubby. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's definitely uh, challenging uh, to grow up in a, in a very tight Hispanic household, you know, uh, where not doing the normal to them is like, oh, you're crazy. This yeah. is insane. Like, why are you doing this? But at the end of the day, I, I have to do what makes me happy and what makes me uh, my original self, right? Yeah. Because ain't nobody like um, like me out there. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah, and Jessica preaches a lot about uh, being authentic and unapologetic. And it's funny because when I first met her, I was like, oh, this bitch. She looks so mean. <laughs> And I was like, man, every time she always comes in here and cara de fuchi, I don't know. Like I, and it's funny because that's what people think sometimes about me. Oh, like, oh, there she looks. She looks fucking pissed again. I'm sure Crystal too. Like, oh, the resting bitch face. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And then I started talking to her. I was like, oh, man. And first of all, I did think she was mixed. Like I thought she was Mexicana and like Islander. And then she's like, uh, no, girl, I am full Hispanic, full Mexican. Um, and she lives by it. And she breathes it. And um, yeah, I love that. I, I do love that about you. Um, but you had mentioned that things changed when you almost died in 2013. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. So I had just given birth to our um, youngest daughter in March of 2012. And in 20, in December of 2013, I woke up one morning and I didn't feel so good and told my husband, I think I need to go to the doctor. You know, I think I have a kidney infection, I said, mm-hmm. and um, took me down there and everything went so fast. Yeah. Within 30 minutes, my heart rate's dropping at uh, 47 beats, you know, technically that's yeah. really, really low. You know, I'm, I'm going from an urgent care, getting transported to a an emergency room down the street and my husband shows up and he's like, wait, what, what's going on? They're like, we have to transport her right away. Um, I get in there and they tell me we need to do surgery right away. I had a uh, ovarian torsion. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's, it's uh, when your fallopian tube and your ovary intertwine. 
and uh, it's cutting off your circulation at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason that happened was because they feel that um, my, my, my daughter was at one, could have been a twin. We will never know. And uh, the, the baby never formed is what the explanation we got. And it became a a demoroid cyst now, he said, and it's, it's 10 centimeters big. We need to get in there and, and, and do surgery right away, uh, get the operating crew. And uh, it's like, we're sitting here, me and my husband and looking at each other, like, wait a minute, what, what do you mean? You know? And they're mm-hmm. like, we need to go because the pain was, it, it was intense. And uh, they gave you a Dilaudid, I believe mm-hmm. that's what the medication okay. was. And you my heart rate's just going down, going down. And he's like, Hey, wake <sighs> up, wake up. You know, I have my mom there. I have my husband and my mother-in-law and my dad and everybody. And, you know, and, and again, you know, you grow up Hispanic and they're like, Hey, don't let them take out your ovary. You know, you want to have more kids. And I'm like, wait a minute, time out. This is me. They're telling me if they don't go in there and get it out, right? I could die. Take everything out now, you know, take it out. I don't, I don't need it. We have two beautiful daughters. We're blessed. And, you know, I have to sign my paperwork to say who's going to make my decision if I don't make it out of this surgery. And, um, it was hard yeah. <laughs> to hear that, you know, because it's like, okay, I'm going to get wheeled back here, but am I going to get out? Right. And my husband's like, wait a minute, we're doing this together. You know, yeah. there ain't no, hey, she's not going to come out. Mm-hmm. We got this. And it sounds crazy because they wheel you in the back real quick. And mm. <laughs> swear to God, I saw like a big white light right before they wheel me in into the operating room. And then I don't remember nothing. You know, but I think that was God's way of telling me, like, you're going to be good. You got this, you know, and I woke up and, you know, it's crazy because the doctors, they're they're conditioned for this. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's looking at me and I wake up and he's going over everything. Basically what I just told you guys. And he's telling me, like, don't have no more kids. Yeah. You're high risk. You're done. Right. I'm like, okay. And then the worst part is that they put you in a maternity ward. Right. (laughs) You're sitting there listening to all these babies. And I'm like. Well, aren't you very nice? You know, <laughs> so you're like, oh, okay, cool, thanks, appreciate you. Oh, you know, no. and it is what it is, and and I think to be so close to that, uh, to that experience, you know, it's it's it may not sound crazy to and and so dramatic to others, but to me that that yeah. that's a lot, you know, as a woman, that's traumatic. Like, yeah, it's it's traumatic, and you want to know like, wait a minute. I want to be the one that says I can't have no more kids or mm-hmm. I shouldn't. Right? right. Because that's my, my decision, yeah. not because you're telling me I can't. Right. But, um, I think it was then that I was just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm gonna live my life, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, as you can see, I have half a sleeve of a tattoo and I went in for one and he was the, the tattoo artist was like, Hey, uh, we're just going to do this. All right. My husband's like, I thought you were just going to go get one thing. And I was like, eh, that's a short right let's let's go and then I go back for more and then he's like okay and that's when I started to realize like I'm gonna do what I want to do right and it also I can honestly say that it helps when you have a partner that's Mm -hmm. so supportive right and he he's 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 my backbone you know Mm -hmm. and and he's been my uh high school sweetheart so to have that support at home Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what anybody else says, right? <laughs> because yeah. shit, my husband's cool with it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> you know, we have to answer to him. Exactly. Right? And and to my children, right? And 
and and and that's that's how I live my life now. You know, like before I was I was scared to 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 do things out of the ordinary. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep pushing. You know, and and I know when I met Des and Crystal, I <laughs> I broke my arm uh, doing back squats, <laughs> and I was I was uh, spreading some heavy weight and uh, kind of missed the rack there, and I uh, fractured my inner and outer mm-hmm. humerus. What is it? A butterfly fracture. And then in three weeks, I went through, uh, no, in two weeks, I went through three different casts and they were like, you know what, we're just going to pin you up and we're just going to do surgery. Luckily, I got uh, blessed with the, the top surgeon in there uh, for, uh, what is it, ortho? Okay. And they were like, hey, nah, we're going to put this robotic thing on you real quick on your arm and you're, you're going to be good to go. And my first thought was like, I'm never going to work out again. I'm scared, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that I was like, nah, I'm going to keep working out. Mm-hmm. Screw this, you know? And uh, here I am, one arm bandit, just walking around the gym, Hell yeah, she working was. out. Yeah. But just to get yourself out of that mindset that says, hey, you know what? Okay, you're broken. So what? Right. Get up and get get mm-hmm. out. Like, there's so much to life. And, and that's what people don't realize that they take for granted. Like, if my legs work, if my arms work, if if I'm able to walk around I don't care the mall, the block, go on a hike or Mm -hmm. whatever. If that's what gives you life, so be it. Yeah. Who the hell cares what anybody else says? You know, Um, I have people that say, oh, my God, how how do you do it? Like, how do you work out every day or or every other day or whatever? You know, yeah, I work a crazy work schedule. Yes, I'm I'm up till three, four o'clock in the morning. Class starts at nine o'clock. Yeah, I'm always a little bit late, but. You know, I'm hey, just, we all run on CP time, okay? Color people time because we Mexicans. <laughs> yeah. We're on time. And and it's just, it, it helps me. And, and when I don't work out, it, and it's not because I want to look fit or anything. It's mm-hmm. of a mental state, mm-hmm. right? It's Absolutely. like, it helps me release my stress, uh, the everyday, just hustle and bustle of every day, right? And it's just my piece, right? Mm-hmm. And I I try to get my kids involved in it too, as much as possible and, and let them know that, they don't have to apologize uh, for being themselves. Just be you and and, and, and everything else will follow, you know, especially uh, just, I don't know, just live your life yeah. is, is all I ask for my kids, you know, and I try to set an example for them, you know, and, and yeah. wherever else follows, follows. Yeah. I think you're doing an amazing job though. I see your girls and they're very, I care, like, not care. Yeah. Well, carefree. Like they're just like free. Yeah. Uh, your littlest one, she's just so full of life. Your oldest one, she'll talk to everybody. And I see the way, even when they are with Lily and Lincoln, like, or when they talk to me. Um, so I think, you know, as a mom coming, you know, telling you that you're doing an amazing job and it is inspiring, you know, cause your girls are older than my kids. Um, so I could see what you're doing now is having a very great impact on them. Of course, our kids are going to act out from, you know, time oh, to time because they're not perfect. Yeah. But what you're doing now, you already created this strong foundation of being unapologetically yourself mm-hmm. and your girls radiate it. I mean, her, your smallest one, her dances, you could totally tell <laughs> that she don't care if you like it or not. She's going to post it. She's going to do her and not. I feel like many Girls her age, especially right now in this era we live in, not many girls can say that. So kudos to you as a mom. Thank um, you. And especially, you know, like, you know, living in a time where 
it's it's very different growing up Hispanic in well growing up Hispanic is very different I feel like sometimes when people ask me like what do you mean I'm like well we're very tight-knit like you said no one talks mm -hmm. about your problems that is your four walls you don't this is what happens here does not leave the house yes. what's what occurs do not speak of it it never happened kind of hush hush and no offense like um I love being Mexicana I'm 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 very proud of being first generation um but I think there's little things that will go into depth later on that it's kind of like you know needs to be surfaced and talked mm -hmm. about um you know growing up Catholic and going to Catholic yes. school every Sunday um you know you don't talk about sex you know that's like so when people yeah. ask me you know even like about my journey I'm like oh well when my when the minute the minute I landed in Missouri and I had no parents, woo, my I feel like I had a zipper <laughs> on the back of my back and it just went shh, and it opened and these wings just came out and I mm -hmm. let myself fly like you know addicted to going out, addicted to sex, uh, like all the things you could think of and I was like woo my first year of college and people are like what and I was like. Oh yeah, I should. And now I could say it out loud, and I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's different topics where people are like, "Oh, I probably haven't said out loud yet on the podcast." But yeah, so um, I think it's it's going back on track. I think it's beautiful what you're doing, and I really see it in, in full display when I see your girls. That the foundation you already laid it out, and you cannot build, you know, any house or anything without concrete foundation um it'll just collapse later in time but you already formed that concrete and it's you could see it in your girls in both of them so i think you're doing a fantastic job as a mom thank you um, so crystal <clears throat> what about you girlfriend um <sighs> wherever you want to start and like i said we'll kind of intertwine uh the more in-depth topic that we want to talk about um but I, I, you know, wherever you want to start to share your journey, I feel like you have a lot to say too. Um, and it might help somebody that's listening. Well, um, let's see, where do I start? Growing up, I'm one of five, but um, I grew up with only one brother because the oldest three were way older and out of the house. Uh, single mom, my mom. Always working because, of course, you know, she had to provide. Um, she was never home, so we were bounced around from, like, family members or tias or cousins or, you know, whoever could take care of mm -hmm. us. Um, like, we were talking about being Hispanic and everything being so hush-hush and even the topic about sex. Like, my mom never taught me about, oh, you're going to, your period. Oh, oh God, yeah. you can't. Someone can't do this to you. Oh, this is wrong. Like, I wasn't told anything. So not being told anything and then not having my mom around made me feel alone. Um, unfortunately, when I was um, really young, I want to say fourth grade, I was um, a victim of sexual abuse. And um, I didn't say anything. I... Yeah. I wasn't told that was wrong. I wasn't told nothing. So um, being that little, it just ended up catching up to me. Like, I think this is wrong. And um, then I felt mm. like I couldn't tell anybody. And then I felt 
at that little of an age, like I wasn't worth living. And the only reason my mom found out is because I started to self-harm. And she she found, you know, the scars on my body. Mm-hmm. And I kind of <laughs> had to tell her because I just had no choice. She's like, you're doing that for a reason. Right. And um, right. That, that was just like the beginning of a, what is it, like a snowball effect, like, and I didn't realize how much it affected me until I was old enough to understand. Um, but I kept that with me because my mother basically told me not to tell anybody. And, um, and no, I don't right. want to, you know, say nothing wrong right, about right, my right, mother. Right. I love her. We have a great relationship today. But I did and I kept it in and I was just, you know, but that led to so much more um, issues as a as a little girl. Like um, I ended up being bullied, never told anybody. I ended up just going through so much alone. Um, And that's that word alone that like haunts me because I was very alone and um so let's see as i got older and became a teenager nobody knew about what was going on with me because i wasn't i didn't tell anybody so i was i felt like the the what's the the saying like the the ugly duckling like the oddball out like in the family like yeah and everybody was always like Oh, Crystal, she's always moody. She's always upset. She's like, I was just given that like stamp. Like, she's just like amargada. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know. And I just like, now that I'm older, I'm like, why didn't anybody ever sit me down and say, what's wrong? Why are you like that? Why don't you? Why aren't you happy? Why are you always mad? Why are you always in a mood like and I mean that's that's a whole nother thing and then like the part of loving me today I didn't back then and um what I know now as a mother and I'm so grateful for it like I'm grateful for my journey because it made me a better mom you know the the comments in the family of oh but she looks better than you oh but she's not as big like Look at you. You're short. Oh, look at you. You don't have a tiny waist. Oh, look at you. You don't have this. You don't have boobs. And I'm like, all that stuck with me. So I felt like, I'm sorry to say it, but I just felt like I was always ugly. Like, okay, that's just me then. Yo soy la fita of the family. Like, that's that's me. I never had good self-esteem. Um, and with everything else that had to happen, like, it just, I don't know. I, I, I continued to feel alone. And then, um. I got old enough to date and um, I started, you know, being interested in boys and stuff. And my first serious relationship, oh boy, like I was with this guy for five years. And I like, when you're in it, you don't realize how bad, like it was such like emotionally abusive, controlling, like, I can't believe I put up with that. I cannot believe it. Um, this this guy um, basically did with me with he did what he wanted with me. He treated me like shit. He 
he basically made me stop talking to a million people. I stopped putting on makeup. I stopped dressing, like showing my uh, body. Like, so I never, I never did anything. I was just stuck in a cocoon with this guy. And so because are going back to that word alone because I felt that growing up because somebody loved me I didn't I didn't know any I'm like but he loves me he wants to be with me every day like that's like it's that's okay love, then right? you accepted it yeah I'm like but he calls me but he wants to see me like like give me more like it's like that you know when you don't have it and you you then you have it even if it's in a toxic way you still want it And um, I can say that the journey with this specific person really did help me be be better. And it helped me to realize what I'm worth. It helped me to realize what I, I should and shouldn't put up with. And you know what was my deal breaker? And what finally made me say, like, no more, like, was a year before we ended, um, I, I moved in with him and his family. And um, I was there, and I mean, I don't want to say too much, but basically I was, like, the provider of us. I, I at one point, had three jobs, and he had nothing. Oh, my goodness. And... Like saying all these things back is like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe it, right? But this, I had a car. It wasn't my car. It was um, my stepdad's that he had like loaned to me to have. Meanwhile, I got my own. He drove my car. He he basically drove me everywhere. So, like I said, he he was controlling everything. My I was working at one point. I had the three jobs and. I remember at the end of the year of living with him, God, I'll never forget it. His parents pulled me aside, said in front of him, um, we're going to give you a month and you got to go. And I was like, uh, okay. But basically when they said that to me, I thought they said it to us because we're a couple we're starting our lives to get like, I'm already living with you. I'm, you know, when they walked out of the room and I looked over at him and I was like, what are we going to do? And he's like, what do you mean? We like, they kicked you out. I oh have my a home. God. Like this, this is my mom's house. Like I'm not going anywhere. And gosh, I, I want to say that I hit rock bottom. Like I was like, Oh my gosh. And, I knew that I could go back home with my mom, but my mom didn't live here anymore. She went back to Bakersfield. Actually, when I moved out, she moved back to Bakersfield. Um, and I was like, I, I was actually in, in college. I had a, joined a program uh, for criminal justice at the, it's called SJVC. And, oh, I, yeah, yeah. and I was like, no, like I'm in the middle of my, I'm in the middle of my college, like, and my, I don't want to like just uproot and like leave my life, yeah. you know, and I had my jobs and I was so focused on my school and mind you, I, I had gotten injured and I hurt my leg 
in the school. And at that time, I only had the one, I only had one job. And that job told me I couldn't come back because they were afraid that I would say that I got injured there. Being mm. young and naive, you don't know how to fight that, right? Right. And I was like, I don't have a job. My boyfriend's not doing any, like, what the heck am I going to do? I had nowhere to go. And mind you, I, I didn't want to ask family members. I didn't want to ask. I just, I knew I was going to get rejected. I knew I, I knew they wouldn't help me maybe because they had been telling me for so long that he was bad. I shouldn't have done it. But so I started calling all my friends. I started calling all my friends saying, can I, can I move in with you for a little bit? Like, I promise I'll get a job. Like, I don't have a job right now, but I will. And um, they all lived with their parents, too. Like, we were still pretty young. Mm-hmm. And finally, like, my best friend, that's still my best friend today, she, she took me in. And um, her mom, she rented me out a room. And I did. I, I found me a job. I, I called another friend. And me with my limpy leg, like, I applied everywhere. And I, I got a job. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to pay. And, as I lived there and I lived there and this guy was still driving my car and picking me up to go to work, to go to school. <laughs> I know it was, it was crazy. That's loca. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I, it just, it's literally like they say, like you wake up one day and you're like, I'm done. Okay. I was so done. I was like, I'm done. And I don't want to say he was, physically abusive but there were moments of it so when I did leave him I remember he's like you have to do it to my face like you can't just you can't just leave me over the phone so I drove to his house at that time I had my car (laughs) I drove to his house and I told him I said it's over mind you he had broken up with me probably every day of relationship for like 30 minutes but the one and only time I said it was over it was over. And that was so liberating. But when I went to go do it, I remember I was getting, we were getting loud with each other and he grabbed me by my face and he's like, shut up. Like, and I was just like, I literally looked at him. And I said, thank you for making it so much easier to walk away right now. I got in my car and I left and I never looked back. And it was the most, oh my gosh, the most amazing thing in the world. Good. And I mean, that's when it kind of rolled, like it just got better instead of getting worse. It got better. I started getting ready. I started going out. I was dating. I was having fun. I felt beautiful. I was like, you know what? You know, estoy feita. Like, I'm beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was getting male attention. I was like, okay. And then shortly after, I met the love of my life at um, a job I had got. And ever since then, it's been a fairy tale. Awesome, but I can honestly say that he had a big part in it too. Like healing, he just he found me broken and he put me together. And God, I I love that man. Like he he really has helped me with my journey along with myself. He looks at me, he's like, "You're not the girl like I met. Like you're so confident and you don't give you don't give a shit." Like I went from needing people in my life like I need Mm. you like don't leave me like Mm -hmm. like I was I'd get attached to you I had that like what did my family used to say like I was like territorial like don't like I was always I went from that and you'd ask my husband to be like I don't need you 
I choose to have you. Ah, I choose yes. to have you in Amen. my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's what he loves about me. He's like, damn, like, I better try and keep her then because she <laughs> don't care. She'll walk out. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just so proud of myself to be able to, yeah. to feel that way and to finally love myself and now to be able to do it for my children and yeah. to show them different. So I think our traumas can either eat us or we choose to eat it. And, and, and what I mean is that we choose to take it on like face to face and adapt it as a part of our, our growth and be okay with accepting it and moving on and then like metamorph into a butterfly. Yes. And then knowing that that weight no longer holds us down. And I feel like, like you both had said this a big part of you, both your journeys are your significant others, your husbands. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful when you've not everybody is journeys like that, but you know, relating to you both, it's beautiful when you find somebody that's a part of your healing and that's your rock. And that's, you know, your go-to person, the person you can dance with, the person that you can be yourself with, the person that will smash someone's face in if they fuck with you, you know, like, yes, yes. it's, and it, it, sometimes it's so hard for me. Cause I'm like, sometimes I want to just leave him like, cause I'm so mad and I'm like pissing me off. Yeah. And then like two seconds later, I'm like, just okay, kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need you. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I don't know where I would be without you today. Like I'm yes. better because of you. I'm better because of me because I chose happiness. Yes. I've chose self-acceptance. I've chose to be a badass boss bitch, but I've also chose love. And I've chose that being alone isn't the answer, but healing was. And now you're both like these butterflies. Yes. And uh, it takes a lot to get to that moment though Mm -hmm. you know especially when you've been sexually abused you know um Mm -hmm. I didn't get into that but yeah you know when when you're sexually abused as a child and and it doesn't hit you until you're a teenager like wait a minute that was wrong what that person did to me right yeah and even so you know I think I was 20 when I told my mom yo this is what happened wait why didn't you say anything because in your head you're like, I can't say anything because it's wrong, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 we can't, we can't because they're family members. So mm. we're not allowed to say anything. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be the cause of somebody being mad at me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and our goals as women now is to protect our children from that, right? Because Absolutely. you can't. Right. You can't, you can't continue that cycle. And and we need to break it because. Our kids depend on us for that, yeah. especially me. I have two two girls, you know, and, yeah. and you have mm-hmm. a daughter and a son, and you have Lily and, and mm-hmm. Lincoln, and, and it happens even yeah. with the ones we love the most, you know. Yeah, and, and, it and it's a. Uh, I don't think they realize the, the psychological mm-hmm. pain that they cause. You know, mm-hmm. the the <laughs> wait a minute, why would you do that to me as a child? Right. You know, and and. As an adult, you grow up with it and you're like, eh, you learn how to ignore it, you know, but you have to get it out because it only eats you the longer it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like <clears throat> talking about this and making this uh, um, Mexican round table, I'm a Hispanic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I, I had told the girls like, oh, Cinco de Mayo, because 
the joke in Mexico is no one cares about Cinco de Mayo. Our national. Yeah, we really don't. (laughs) Our national holiday. Let this take notes. If you don't know already, September 16th is Independence Day. And that is the day we're most proud of to be Mexicans. Um, But anyway, when we were talking about this and trigger warning for those listening and hope, you know, um, and again, this this podcast is amazing because um, I'm not tooting my own horn, but people with the reality of it is that these women get to share their own experiences and no one can take that away from them because the only person that can tell your story best is yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, and we were talking about this in the beginning before we ever got started, but coming up in the Hispanic and, and Latin culture um and I'm sure they do it in other cultures too, but ours in particular, you know, when our tias and our tios and our primos and our primas, you know, our grandparents, you know, our nana and tatas, like we're always told to go say hi, but it's always in an affectionate way. Dale un abrazo, uh, dale un beso. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you're like, no, no, I don't want to. They're, your, your parents are scolding you like, come on, like in Spanish, don't be that way. Mm-hmm. Come on, no, we didn't we didn't raise you to be that way. Mm-hmm. Where are your morals? Where no, where yeah, te voy a poner un chingazo en la casa. But no, really, like, and now I kind of elaborate on this earlier. If Lily doesn't want to do that, I don't force her. If Lincoln doesn't want to do that, I don't. They don't have to explain to me why. They are kids. There's no reason for them to go hug mm-hmm. or give someone a kiss on the cheek if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I don't know what the other person's feelings or intentions are god forbid they're bad but i feel like it's kind of and, and i don't want to offend anybody but it's kind of like a green light mm-hmm. for those maybe a tío was like he saw you in a sexual way and for him that felt no matter your age you could have been four ten nine eight sixteen and he felt that in a sexual way yeah like that's yeah. and and it's it's haunting like your family like family's not supposed to do that to each other um, so I can't, I can't even imagine what both of you went through and then having, you know, Crystal, your trauma and carrying it for so long. And then, you know, it's amazing how the mind works where you hold on to your trauma, but then you, you transition into feeling alone, but then needy, needing someone constantly yes. because of what that person did to you exactly, and like holding on to it and not letting go. And it, it took a lot of healing, a lot of self-reflection. And then you too, just like to get to your twenties and till, still to hold on to that. Um, and then to feel free finally. Um, and I feel like both the, the way you guys are raising your kids to be so free in themselves, but you know, you, you're carrying on rather than carrying on these, like these traditions, you guys are saying, no, it's okay. If you not the sientes cómoda, if you don't feel comfortable, mm-hmm saying hi or whatever you don't have to mm-hmm. like it's just be breaking the norm yeah, yeah break yeah and that's all that matters if you're respectful that that should be enough yeah. um and uh I, i'm not here to offend anybody because obviously we all grew up yeah. very mexican um and you know it's just part of our culture and it always has been but not to say that it should be okay to break the cycle not taken away from any culture or any, yeah. anything, you know, it's just, así es, la, así es la vida, yeah. right? And we just got to push forward. You yeah. Know? And then take with whatever we went through and teach your kids different. Like 
for me, like I've been talking to my my two babies uh, about no, their private since yes. they were mm-hmm. old enough to say a word. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is your private. This is, you know, like, and they'll tell you like, I was at, oh my gosh, that was so funny. I was at Party City and Michael's like, mama, nobody touched my privates. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Michael, okay. okay. You yeah. know, I was reading a study and I wish I had it on me because I normally have it, but um, I wasn't, I, I wasn't aware we were going to hit this, but it was, but I, I wish I had the name is what I'm trying mm. to say because to mm-hmm. give credit to that person, but they have said that using the right term, terminology, vagina, penis, yes. that kids learning from a young age how to use that as, you know, pointing out, you know, mm-hmm. their, their private parts, that they're more aware. So if someone were to touch them in a wrong way or sexual mm-hmm. abuse yeah. them, they are more prone to coming out and vocalizing it yes. rather than shielding it away and keeping it in with them. So I was like, cause I'm not used to that either. When I was a kid, I would just like say, you know, my private part mm-hmm. and uh, like, I'm like, okay, so teaching Lincoln, it's okay. And it is, it is penis and mm-hmm. Lily is a girl. So she has, you know, vagina, but yes. it should be okay. Even now me saying it like that out loud is kind of like, yeah, it feels right. it, it feels wrong, mm-hmm. but because what, the way I was raised, mm-hmm. um, well, see, we didn't even say anything about that. Yeah, you know see, what I mean? see? Uh, to me, growing up, it was like, ¿qué? Yeah, donde abajo y arriba, uh, arriba uh, o abajo, yeah. acá abajo, uh-huh. atrás o enfrente. It's yeah. like, yeah. mom, come on, you know, and exactly. or my grandma, you know, yeah. and, and and my kids, you know, I, I did say your personal area because right. anything around here uh-huh. is your personal yeah. area, right? Mm-hmm. And and. Like, shit, I didn't even find out about my period till I had my period. Mm, and mm-hmm. it was so embarrassing because I had a teacher, my, my third grade teacher was like, uh, Mr. Alexander, I'll never forget, forget his name. You need to go to the office. Why? I feel fine. I think you need to go talk to the nurse. Mm. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm not sick. Um, okay, just go to the nurse. Why? Because I have white shorts on and the girlfriend has a, yeah. a, a red stain in my pants. And that's how I found out about wow. periods, you know? And it was like, okay, you're a woman now. Not to take anything away from my mom, you know. But yeah. That's just the way she was raised, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, you're you're a woman now. Um, this is what you need. This is yeah. what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Don't let nobody touch you. Oh, okay. <laughs> do I get ice cream or anything? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Nada. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Not even a taco. Oh. Nothing, you know. And it was just like, oh, okay, oh. cool, you know. And it was just. That was it. Yeah. You know, there's no conversation, no nothing about anything. Right. You know, me, I'm like, okay, look, Kayla, this is what's going to happen. Emma, what's the period? This is what it is, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. I'm preparing you. I want yeah. you to be fully aware, you know, and, and I just told my husband two days ago, maybe we're too blunt with the kids, you know? Like, no, I think it's great. <laughs> oh, maybe we yeah. shouldn't be so raw because our kids may not be ready for that, you know, yeah. but I prefer me telling you or to hear or, from you yeah mm-hmm. instead of you like like hearing it from your friends you know yeah. and, and Caleb was like I already knew what a period was mom you didn't have to tell me and I'm like well I'm going to tell you yeah. right. come here sweetie sit down <laughs> you know yeah. she was it, it, it was so funny because it's like going down the aisle and she's like oh my god mom really you're really embarrassing me <laughs> I'm like do you want wings or do you want teens yeah. like which ones do you want you know she was like you're killing me and she's getting out of her shell you know yeah. a little bit but it's weird because we're so, me and my husband are so open about yeah. everything, you know, and, and the little one's like, mom, you're in your period again. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> so it works out, you know, so I'm like, one of them's learning, you know, yeah. so I mean, I, I you just have to prepare your kids yeah, for yeah. everything and anything in life. 
as simple as as when puberty hits you know yeah, it is no, what it is no, kids yeah. ask questions they ask so many questions and you know growing up when you ask something it was like oh vete a tu cuarto go away go away and i mean my daughter knows about a period too and she's like mm-hmm. and she's like well why and then i kind of told her in in a good way like or a six-year-old would understand yeah and she's like oh so when i'm older i'm gonna have that i'm like yes you are mm-hmm. so it's like when kids ask questions just answer like yeah. there's so there's so such beautiful little things that if you tell them something so simple they will probably not even ask you again mm-hmm. and they're not you know? surprised when stuff happens no, right you know? they're not <clears throat> right yeah yeah over the weekend lily opened the door on me i was changing my pad mm. and she's like what's that and I was, she's like why do you have that and i was like it, it's when you become an adult a big a big girl you're that's what you're gonna have why I was like, because that's what happens to women. Well, why? And I'm like, well, Lily, like, I don't know how to tell you this, like in a different form, but it's just going to happen to you mamas when you get older. And we'll talk about it then. <sighs> okay. But she just like, what? I was like, well, can you leave so mommy can finish? Fine. And then she like slams the door. You but have no privacy as a mother. Yeah, no, you know? no, you then don't. Even if you try window. to lock the door. Yeah, it's like knocking. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I remember when I lost my when I lost my period when I <laughs> caught my period. Oh, yes. you're talking about the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> not when I lost my. But um, yeah, we, we were going. We were headed out to Wrightwood, and I remember because it was snowing, and uh, I was in seventh grade, and I I thought I was dying. I thought I was oh, like, no. I was like, oh my god, because I was like, why am I like, I was spotting a lot of pink, and every time I would go wipe, it was like darker, and I was like, I'm dying. <laughs> I, I mind you, I didn't know anything, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I, I'm gonna die. So I run to my mom, and I was like, I think I'm sick. And then she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I keep, I keep bleeding. And then she starts crying, and I'm uh. like, oh, I'm really gonna die. <laughs> Santa Maria, Madre de Dios. I'm so sorry for anything I've ever done in my life. <laughs> And um, <laughs> I love my mom. She's always been there. She's my rock. Um, she's probably listening to this too. Um, but I remember like she like calmed me down and she showed me how to put on a pad and whatever. And then she's like, okay, we're going to have to go tie your dad because we were stalling time. And they're like, everybody wants to know what's taking forever. And my mom's like, and I remember going up to my dad and I was like, well, what the, what the fuck am I going to tell him? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not a little girl anymore. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I don't know if this is traumatizing or funny. And he's like, what? And then I remember him just being like, you know, that's that's what happens to all girls, you know, when you hit a certain age. He's like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But I remember like, I was like, the most traumatizing part was not the fact that I was dying, but I was like having to tell my dad. I was yeah. like, that was, he was more weirded out about it than I was. But like, he was just didn't know what was like all the commotion and I was crying and he thought I did something and I got in trouble. And I was like, I remember like, I'm not a little girl anymore. And then it was like, oh. <laughs> over. Oh. And I'm sure it's probably traumatizing them too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Dad, He's like, I did baby. not need to know all that, but yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, I feel like as women too, we take away a lot from ourselves, our stories. Cause we're always like, uh, and I, this, I had, when even telling our birthing stories and um, I was told on the first podcast I was ever on street parking mamas and I was like, Oh, at least my kids are healthy. And she's like, let me stop you right there. She's like, do stop taking away significance from yourself and from your birthing stories. 
because everybody's is different and yours is just as important. And I was like, Nice. I was like, that's why I didn't have, I didn't heal. Like I was, I just let it. I think we do that a lot with mm -hmm. all as well as men and women, but as women, we're always, we always downplay our stuff. Oh, but it's okay. Cause someone probably had it worse mm -hmm. or it's okay. It's okay. Like, oh, well, Crystal went through sexual abuse, but mine wasn't oh. as bad. Like for example, mm -hmm. yeah. but it was, it was both traumatizing. Exactly. It was, it both played a large part in who you are today. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, 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 it destroyed you. It healed you. And now you're, you're both of you are empowering and empower other women. Um, cause I see both of you and, you know, knowing Crystal from a different standpoint, let me tell you, <laughs> I did not like her at <laughs> all growing up. <laughs> she was just, she always looked mean. She always oh, looked yeah, just always so angry. And now knowing the story, it's like, Changes things, right? Like the perspective, mm -hmm. like you have of someone, especially when you're a teenager, right? You see someone about your age mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh man, she just it's like this chingona, like whatever, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I stay away from I mean, her. I am a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right, right, right. And you know, me being like, we were both, they're very different. Like, yeah. I was a nerd and she, you know, our group of friends were different. We went to different high schools, mm -hmm. um, you know, but knowing her family from such a young age. Mm -hmm. um, but it changes things and it's amazing to me. And like, I'm just so proud of you. I'm proud of you as a mom, as a friend, mm -hmm. uh, as a woman, because you've come such a long way. And now it just, it's the pieces just mold together. And I could see why the frustration, the sadness, the anger, um, really always being like maybe on edge, yes. um, always feeling like you're like ready to attack. And it just makes sense. But, um, I'm just so proud of you. I'm proud of, I'm proud of both you. of you. Just I'm proud of you because like I said before, I I don't know. I was like, man, she looks kind of mean. She's going to like bite my head off or something. <laughs> like, just don't. I mean, she will. So no one, don't go out and pick a fight with her. Yeah. Because, no, no. yeah, you, you just, I'm, I'm telling I, I, you, I'm just do yourself nice. a favor. Nice, She's though. a beautiful soul. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if you, like, Mother's Day, about two years ago, she came up and she's like, hi, friend. Uh, happy Mother's Day, Feliz Dia de las Madres. And she hands me a gift, and I was like, for what? I don't deserve this. Like, she's just very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. She thinks she always places others before her. Or like when she brought me in socks one day of because she knew I like socks, so she got me Stan socks of um, The Incredibles, Violet. And I was like, I didn't again. I didn't do anything. I, it's a random <laughs> month. It's not my birthday. Um, <laughs> But it's people like that that inspire you to be better, that empower you to be better, that make you see that life's too short. Um, kindness over anger, kindness over uh, hate. Um, there's already so much hate to spread around in this world. Like, why, why even keep doing it? Yeah. Um, it just, it takes so, and again, it takes so much energy to hate, to frown, than just to smile. You're not going to like everybody. You're not going to get along with everybody. But... Um, you can at least try. You can at least try, like you said earlier, mm -hmm. just be respectful. You might not yeah. like someone. You guys might not have the same viewpoints. Um, and, you know, that's a lot what we have going on in the world right now. You might not have the same viewpoints, but this is the, we were not created to view life all the same. And like God gave us the freedom to choose. See, the freedom. He didn't say, you know, this is we're not robots for that reason. We all have free will. And if we can all really just, you know appreciate that free will then maybe we can get along but who knows
So just feel like it's a privilege to be in people's lives. Mm, you yes. know, if, if you allow people in your life, then it's a privilege to be mm. in my life, your life, your life. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I allow you in my life and you mistreat me, then there's no need for you to be in my life. Right. If you don't make my life better, if you're causing me stress, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, gotta go. Mm. Yeah. And that too, with self-love, like when you reach that point, it's so easy to let somebody go. Yeah, It's like, I don't, I'm at peace. Like you're, you're ruining my energy. You're bringing me negativity. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I I have gotten to that point too, where I went from needing people to, I don't need you. Like I'm, I'm okay with it. If you don't want me and I don't want you, like I want to be happy. Like I said, I choose happiness. Yeah. Not everybody's going to like you. No. And that's okay. Yeah. Yes, it is. As long as you like you. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that, what and, that, and that takes a lot, you know, it and does. it's crazy because you really think, you know, you're, you're in high school or, or yeah, because high school is the most challenging year, yes. I feel, you know, yeah. the, the years of your life. And you go around all these people that, oh, my God, they're so popular. You know, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I want to be like them. And it's like, why can't I be shaped that way? Or how mm-hmm. come, you know, I can't do that? Or, you know, I can't afford that. You know, yeah. I can't, I can't afford those shoes and I right. can't be cool right. and, and, and all this stuff. And, and it doesn't matter all of that right now. I'm telling you right now, I'm pretty sure that some of the most popular people in, in our high schools aren't doing <laughs> as great right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like the people that you wanted to be like are not what you ever want to be like in your life mm-hmm. because yeah. they're probably really lonely and it's, it's not what you want in life, yeah. you know? And yeah. I always tell my kids, be yourself, you know? Yeah. It mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, your daughter's in high school, right? Right yes. now. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, so. it's her freshman year, but right, you know, right, she right. couldn't physically go to school. But mm-hmm. it's challenging for them too. Yeah. You know, social media can tear a person apart right now. You know, mm-hmm. and nowadays, you know, with these TikTok challenges mm-hmm. and you know right. IGs and filters yeah. and everything, like it it it, it gets kind of crazy. You know, yeah. and it's like it's a cycle again. You know, and it's like right. it's not as bad as it was because we grew up in the the, the you know, Hispanic type cultures, yes. but now it's mm-hmm. different, right? right? It's a different type of pressure that you feel from, from the outside world, yeah. you know? And, and it took a lot for me to understand that yeah. as a parent, you know, yeah. because it's like, why is, why, why is my child acting like this or what's going on? And mm-hmm. they have a lot of pressure on them and, and, and it's sad, you yeah, know, because you don't want your kids to go through that. Right. Right. You know, <clears throat> this is perfect. Cause I think this is one of the first times I've had a mom on the show that currently has a daughter entering high school and um, I think transition from last year, she was in eighth grade, right? She transitioned to high school now during COVID. Um, what advice would you give other parents? Cause I feel like this, this is a topic that needs, I mean, we, the media and social outlets, like they talk about all these irrelevant stuff rather than the serious issues that are going on in the world right now. Like, let's be honest, teenagers have it, adolescents have it really tough right now. Um, part of growing up and part of high school are the social standards, right? You yes. need your, that, your social skills. You're, you're getting ready um, to transition to the real world. Yes. Now your daughter is, has her first freshman year and she spends it, you know, with COVID. Uh, not that she had COVID, but, you know, with COVID, like that, you know, not going back to school on campus life. Um, 
So what advice would you give parents? Cause I feel like you, you're such a good role model to your daughter, but how have you been able to manage that? And what advice would you give? I mean, just honestly, from the heart, what from have the you heart, done? I think from the outside looking in, it does look like we're doing great, you know, but it, it's rough, you know, yeah. and it's like, you want to protect your children from everything. Right. And, and you don't want to expose them to, to, to harm. Right. Yeah. And it's getting them to understand that too, you know, yeah. because they're feeling like, I want to go to school. You know, I want to be able to hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do everything. And, right. And, and sometimes you have to be like, look, this is the reality of it. Right. Yeah. We can't go out right now because it's quarantine. Right. Right. Um, my husband and I did whatever we could to keep, you know, Amazon deliveries like left to right, you know, yeah. but the only advice I could get is like, let them interact with friends, you know, let them, yeah. you know, have those one-off play dates here and there, not yeah. play dates, but, you know, hanging out with your girlfriends, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and being able to just have some type of, uh, just, just have one day of, of, of a normal life, you know, mm-hmm. without having to worry about a pandemic. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the only advice I could give because it's definitely been a challenging two years, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. Yeah. It? Just Going about, on, just about right. And all I can advise is, uh, be as understanding as we possibly can right. and, and, and put ourselves in their shoes because it's rough for them. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really rough for them and, and just be a little bit more understanding. And then, yeah. Would you advise to have some like off social media time? I, I do encourage that. And sometimes, you know, cause even us as a kid growing up, you know, once we found something, we had one of those two-way pictures <laughs> and stuff. We were on it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and, or Super the chirp, Mario's. The chirp, chirp. I couldn't or even. Chirp, my parents know? always knew I was getting a text. Yeah. You know, so, so loud. It, it's kind of like being a hypocrite to say, hey, you know, I don't like you shouldn't do that because right. we did it. Right. Right. So yeah. we, we do uh, say, hey, you know, you should probably leave your phone. And, it, yeah. and it's a constant battle, you know, and and, yeah, yeah. and they don't realize it now, but it's they're in their own world, you know, but we have to check on them like, hey, come watch TV with me, even though mm-hmm. you don't want to, yeah. you know, or, or my husband's really good about that with the, both our girls, yeah. you know, poor guy. He's outnumbered and uh, <laughs> he'll just be like, hey, come on, let's go do daddy daughter stuff, That's you know, awesome. yeah. so go go do something. Uh, Kayla loves to bake, you know, so she got to bake a lot of stuff and she makes all the Disney desserts. They're freaking fabulous, you know, like That's so amazing. Awesome. I, I know whose house I need to go to now. Yeah, she makes <laughs> bomb churros and like mm. uh, oh beignets. And, uh, oh, yeah, I love beignets. She, she, she's Those awesome. are so good. Yeah, she, uh, so cool. she comes out with like face recipes. It's like, uh, like to keep your skin glowing. And, yeah, like so her cute. hair, for her curls, you know. It's just, that's all I could encourage is to just let them, if, if they support what they're into, yeah, you know, as much as possible. Yeah. Even there's some stuff that you're just like, what the heck? Hey, <laughs> whatever. You like it. I love it. Yeah. No, for sure. Be yeah. their number one fan. Yeah. And it's better to draw them in than to push them away. Yeah. Because so, uh, sometimes we, we, we want to protect them so much that we harm them. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. You know, and no. it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. to get to that point to say hey this is probably right you know and, and yeah and uh, my husband's worked a lot with kids so that's helped him a lot and helped me understand oh, too okay. you know yeah so it's just like oh yeah you're maybe you're right, right. you know yeah so is there another topic I really wanted to get into because I feel like that's it, it's a big part of our culture too um marrying outside of your race yes, uh, 
<risa> me muero. <risa> Chingado, man, so sorry. <risa> um, no, I, it, it's big. And I remember my tata used to tell me, like, you, in Spanish all the time, like, you have to make sure you, you get, you know, you get married. Te casas con un mexicano, que es buen trabajador. And he would go on this list. And for the longest time, yeah, I was attracted to him. But all, they all treated me like, like I was a piece of shit. So finally <laughs> right. I got tired of it. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, like I can't do this. Um, and uh, I was fortunate. And I met my husband. And he's, well, he's as white as it gets, right? He's from Illinois. Uh, <laughs> not, work, not even whitewash, not even like whitewash, like try to be like um, white on the inside and Mexican on the outside. He wasn't from Cali. He is from born and raised in Illinois. And then, um, Crystal, your husband's white, uh, Mike and both Mike's and then Jess remains black. So, I mean, we're all kind of on this table here (laughs) and not that it's a dishonor to your family, but when you, you're, you're born and raised in a Catholic home, a Mexican household, um, you're, I'm sure you guys were said once or twice in your lifetime that, the casas con un mexicano. Like, mm-hmm. um, you don't marry this or this or this. Um, but yeah, how, how was it for you guys? I know for me, it was uh, kind of like, okay, you're, they're probably listening. I'm going to look, mom, look, dad, <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, maybe you guys won't listen to this one. Maybe you will. But at first, it, they were kind of like, uh, and then what made it really, uh, was that Mike had, a kid already and was already divorced. So it was like, really like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, my parents were like, Whoa! like it was kind of shocking. Right. Yeah. Hold up, hold the phone, hold the mic. Um, why don't you just move back to Cali and see what your options are. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if you want to start Jess, and then we'll move to uh, crystal, but it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, but I love them. You yeah, know, yeah. like this is what it is, yeah. you know, and, and it was challenging. And and uh, again, I love my mother, but it was always like, oh, you're going out with Roe. Oh, you see those kids, those dishes? They need to be clean. You need a mop. You know, <laughs> it was just like it was one thing after another. And it was, they would say, hey, uh, you know, race doesn't matter. But I thought it really did, you know, because there was so much stereotype yeah. of, uh, you know, African-American people like this is how they are, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, time out. Yeah, this is complete opposite of what you feel they that right. um right. you know that Romaine is you know he's he's a hard worker he's loving he's caring he takes care of his family you know and and he comes from a good household you mm-hmm. know and it, it took some time and then um it's funny because I think I opened up the doors for my sister because her mm-hmm. husband's African-American too oh black. really okay <laughs> yeah so um yeah it, it it just it was it was very challenging mm-hmm. you know um but it's crazy because my grandma, before she passed away, she always told me, you're going to have little kids running around that are going to be uh, mixed. Mm. And I, I don't know. I, I She could sense it. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, what are you talking about, grandma? You know, mm-hmm. and then sure enough, you know, my, my yeah. babies are, are a beautiful mixture of me and my husband. And um, now I don't think it matters. Right. Mm. You mm-hmm. know, uh, what nationality my husband is or not, but definitely challenging, you know, uh, like I said, uh, uh, people feed into that stereotype mm. and I think they, they hear the worst and you know, they're, 
that's your daughter and you don't want them to deal with that. But luckily it wasn't, you know, and and my husband's been great and I ain't got nothing else to say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my Nana when she was, um, when she was able to talk at her, you know, during the last few weeks of her ALS before they put the trach, tracheotomy, <clears throat> she was, she loved, she, biggest fan of the Dodgers. Uh, and she loved Casey Blake, blue eyed, white man. And she was <laughs> like, if you marry anyone, make sure you marry a white man with colored eyes. And I was like, so when I met Mike, I was like, ha ha. You're funny. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't think that this is gonna work, but good one. And now the joke's on me. But uh, yeah, she was right for sure. Maybe they have that intuition. Yeah, you know, they know before yeah. us. I guess. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you, Crystal, how is your family with accepting? Well, you know, I don't think they ever had an issue with mm. him being white. We, we did have a pretty rough start, though. With um, it was other things. Yeah, but. Yeah, we had like a really rough patch in the beginning where my family didn't like him and I even stopped talking to my family for a while. It was just like, it was crazy. But you know what I have taken from being with a white man and just a different culture? Mm-hmm. Like how we're talking about, I mean, I love being Hispanic. I'm I'm really Latina too. Like I'll be blasting my music and yeah, I'm still yeah. crazy. But they are so different, like... In my experience, they taught me different than my own family. Like, they're mm. not, like, that judgmental. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not, oh, my gosh, they, okay, so me and my husband got pregnant pretty quick. They welcomed me with open, like, welcome to the family. Like, oh, they basically yeah. asked me, are you keeping it or not? I'm keeping it. Okay, well, then, welcome to the family. My family was like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> obviously, like, they wanted to kill him. I'm just like. I mean, it takes two, first off. Right, but right, right. they're just, they're, they've also been a part of my self-love journey. Like, mm-hmm. they've never, I could tell you, they literally will, I remember a few times, like, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm gaining weight. Oh, no, you look so beautiful. Like, they're yeah. so loving in a yeah. different way. I mean, they got their days where I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're, but, they're in that's loss. family. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In general, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, I haven't <clears throat> I haven't had a bad, um, you know, thankfully. The only thing I do have with my, my mom still to this day, she was just with me. And she, like, constantly, like, because uh, my mom, is it's the language barrier, yeah. like, mm. But my husband can, he, he speaks pretty damn good Spanish. Like, I mean, being with me, like, for so long, too, has mm-hmm. helped. But, like, she's constantly like, ah, is he, se va enojar? Like, is this, is this okay? And I'm like, mom, what do you think? Like, <laughs> like he's going to sit there and kick you out? Like, she's always, like, like on eggshells with him. And I'm like, just because he's a white man and mm. he t- doesn't speak Spanish, mm-hmm. like, he's not. Because if you see my husband, he does look a little bit um, intimidating. Mm. Might be his law enforcement background. He, he just has that demeanor in him. But I'm like, yeah. if you get to know him, he's the goofiest, craziest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. He's funny. He's so funny, right? And like even with the cooking part of it, like my like let's say I make taquitos. And my mom's like, oh, did you make salsa or something? No, he just wants ketchup with it. And she's like, oh, God. Like it's like a heart attack. Like, <laughs> wait, what? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, mom, I know how to cook, 
But let me tell you, I love being with a white man because you can make tacos on Monday, hot dogs on Tuesday. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, girl. It's such a balance. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah. like, I love my white man. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm For good. sure. My husband so, eats anything I cook. He's just like, yeah. oh, birria? Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. What are you guys having for Thanksgiving? Oh, my, oh, Jessica's making pozole and a turkey and yeah. some potatoes yeah. and greets. And that's just, it's funny. we create our own yeah. cultures, you yeah. know, our own, our own, I mean, not culture, but our own uh, Meals traditions. And, yeah. Traditions, yeah, for sure. Whatever. I know he's always like, there's leftovers. He goes, I already know you're, you're, you're bomb with leftovers. So you do your thing and I'm in there. He's like, what you doing? And I was like, taquitos, chimichangas. And he's like, see, this is why I love you because you could do, it. we never, yes. leftovers never go bad. Not in a Mexican mm. household. Not when you're, well, when your wife's Mexican. Yes. And he's saying, when I met Mike, he was 157. He's probably like, fuck, why are you telling people my weight? Um, skinny, like tweaker skinny. And like always smoked cigarettes. And I was like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. That's a game. Like that's part of package. You either yes. quit that shit or I ain't going to be with you. But anyways, he would tell me, oh, nothing works. I, I've tried everything. Nothing, I can never gain weight. I've always been skinny my whole life. Well, the chingaste, because <laughs> being with the Mexican, you're going to put on a shit ton of weight. <laughs> Nine <laughs> years later, and he's up 50 pounds. And I was like, you wanted me. I told you. All the tortillas, all the fried, yes. the, the arroz. Yeah, my husband's like, my stomach was chapped up for like the first year. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh. Yeah. What'd you eat? My father-in-law Jessica's cooking. Yeah. Oh <laughs> and it was God. just like, hey, you know, yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah. Uh, recipes that we make yeah. you know and now like they love my husband loves enchiladas you know yes. like he's just like are you gonna think of her mm-hmm. i don't know about that i know my <laughs> father-in-law when he comes out here <clears throat> i've never eat i've never sat with someone and to look at them and enjoy food so much because out there it's like it, they don't have it's worse than there. tex-mex no, 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 it's no white flavor. mex <laughs> yeah and like the mexican yeah. food isn't ne- nothing compared to like here mm-hmm. nor there nor texas whatever you want to compare it to it's mexicans get away with a lot out there because we the not really good flavor out of the can i remember when i met mike he thought that freaking tamales came out of a freaking can dude they sold them they sell them like that in missouri in a can oh. Oh, sitting wow. on the shelves like if you went to go get beans <laughs> or something oh, no. and i was like he's like no this is how you eat them. i was like that's not a tamal homie that's not i remember when my father-in-law tried my mom's man he ate as much as he could until he couldn't eat no more but it's different it's 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 like we're we're gonna eat some mexican i already know yep you already know (laughs) so i hear you does with the weight gain too my husband oh my god now it's my fault though now (laughs) no really though but it's funny because Mm. how you said like your father-in-law will like enjoy the food mm. my husband's family thinks i'm like the best cook uh. in the world and i'm like yes i am i'm like because you know it's authentic and yeah. i mean obviously like my mom or my sister makes better dishes in other ways but i'm like oh but now my gringo he could tell the difference from canned beans mm. and he could, mm-hmm. he's like what's this so he was raised you know white so mm. um even his mom one time brought over a bag of shredded beef. And I was like, she's like, to make taquitos. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and she made them because I, I, I'm i not going to break her heart. You yeah, know? yeah. In her home, she made them. And my husband ate that. And she, he's like, mama, 
no, like I'm spoiled now. Like I'm with the Hispanic woman. This isn't it. <laughs> so it's it's funny, like converting a white man mm-hmm. into like yeah. he's a Mexican now, mm-hmm. basically. So. Yeah. And yeah. then it's anybody funny. that comes to your house, guess what? They don't get fed. Okay. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And they're not going to leave hungry. I know. <laughs> and my husband's like, you might as well just give up. Like she's going to yeah. feed you. So oh. that's yeah. just what it is. You yeah. Know? And, and it could be Mexican food all day for me. You know? Oh my God. I know when Mike was like, uh, are you cooking for the girls too? And I was like, yeah. He goes, okay, well I'll eat first. He's like, are you going to eat with me? I said, no. He's like, oh yeah, you're eating with the girls, huh? But it's funny. Like <clears throat> even the simplest things, like I've never gone to a Hispanic household where they haven't tried to feed me. Yeah. you. It's like just fed. part of our culture. I, I don't care if it's like midnight, two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> five o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the afternoon. It's any time you're going to get fed. That's what, oh my God. Every time I go to my tia Marta, who's like my grandma, <laughs> me harto. I can't, I, I'm like, we're, the joke is that how are we going to get back up that hill? Because we're going to roll down because she lives over there in La Puente where we were born and raised. So I'm like, fuck. Like, I think that's what's hard being Hispanic. So for the longest time, I, it's food, man. my, it's yeah, food. my mindset was like, I work out to eat. Yeah, Honestly, I, I had to break that because it wasn't good for me because right. of my eating disorder. So I had to break that habit. But I was like, for the longest time, yeah, I did. Like, fuck, it's just, the food's just so damn good. No one can tell me it's not. Like, yes. Mexican food is and we can I'll make a any taco time. out of anything. Anything. Literally. Anything. Hot dogs, eggs. Yeah. You know what? Miles. Beans, cheese, beans, cheese. Avocado. Miles <laughs> went back and told his mom, you have to make me my eggs now like Desiree makes them with hot dogs. And she's like, ill. Like, who makes hot dogs? Like, fries, weenies, and then puts eggs on. I was like, Mexicans do, bitch. And it's good. I was like, I, I used to eat that for eat. a living when I was <laughs> I was a kid. Dude. Con arrocito. Or frijoles, oh, like gosh. de la olla en la mañana. And queso fresco. Oh. <laughs> and pan no. Oh, my gosh. Tell yeah, me why been... my was three-year-old. I served him one morning. I served him eggs or something. He goes, Mom, where's the beans? And mm. I was like, I'm just dying because my little white mixed mm-hmm. babies. I'm like, yes, that's right, baby. Yeah. yeah my kids are I like, el queso fresco. Mom, are you going to make red rice? <laughs> And it's like, yes. yeah, I'm gonna make red rice, you know, oh. and it's like queso fresco, horchata. My yeah. little one loves horchata. Yeah. The oldest yes. uh, loves uh, mango, anything yeah. mango. You know, mm. it's, it's like mango tastes like dirt. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't. Oh my gosh. You know, and they love their elotes, you know, and, and oh. um, taco, be- like tacos, birria. Like, yeah. it, it's, the food is just good, guys. Mm. I can't help it. Can't, yeah. It's horrible. I can never say no. <laughs> un, un taquito. Okay, those, those must. Oh, you can't shit. just always have Ten, one taco. Like, come now on, girl. I could pound more tacos than Mike can. And he's just like, why? Well, I got 12 because I knew if I ate four or five, you'll eat the rest. And I'm like, ah, that's me. Yeah. I can't grow. Tacos. It's so hard to say no. Like, yeah. I'm like, what's come over me? I feel like I'm like possessed. Yeah, my husband mm-hmm. likes uh, pupusas too now. Oh, like, he's just like, hey, pupusas. Okay, cool. Like, and it's weird because it's like, what the, like, you know, you have people that, what are you yeah. eating? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Fucks with these. <laughs> yes. And it's like, so diverse too, because in Mexico you have like the seafood mm-hmm. and then you have the inland food and then the heart of Mexico. It's like you get a little bit of everything. Like yes. they were on the food channel, they were saying like the Hispanic culture and the Indian culture are the like it's so beautiful because you see the most colors in our food. Like we use all the colors. Like granted, it, well, obviously, if you're just, you know, in California or like, you know, 
you tend to get the tortillas and the beans and yes. the meat. But like Mexico is like every, it's just so beautiful when you go to the market. It's all laid out. Even here, the Hispanic, Vallarta, you know, yes. you walk in, it's just all colors. And you're just like, food, give it to me. The pan, pan yeah. dulce fresh. Oh God, pan dulce is crazy. Uh, I know. So Speaking of Kim, she was supposed to be here, right? But mom life and and uh, excited for her new journey. But Congratulations, she, yes. Kim Yay. Finally, you know, when you're such a good person with a good heart, um, the doors do finally open for you, especially when you you finally say yes to opportunities. But she used to think that my mom used to buy the rice orange already, oh. colored. Oh, wow. <laughs> she's probably this and she's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude, for the longest time. It wasn't until like high school, I think. And my mom was like dying of laughter. She's like, Kim, you make it like that. She was like, well, with what? Tomate. She goes, ew, you make it with, like that? She's such an Oreo. Like, yeah. I don't even know how else to explain <laughs> that sometimes. And she, or a coconut. And she's like, oh. And we're like, oh, my God. madre, Kim. And see, like, I don't know about you guys, but me growing up, it was always like, get out the kitchen. And mm. don't let my grandma be making tamales or anything. Because it was like, le vas a dar mal de ojo a mis tamales. Mm. Salte de la cocina. Mm. Excuse me? I want to learn how to make them, you know? And it's like, no. Mm-mm. You know? And, and you get kicked out, you know? So yes. now that you're older, you're like, hey, mom, how do I make this real quick? Mm, you right. know? Or like, oh, yeah. yeah ¿Cómo se hace esto? Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. just like, okay. But that's just, I don't know. You know, I, I want to show my kids how to cook. I yeah. don't want you calling me. I know. <laughs> no, I'm know. kidding. You know, but. No, I used to pick, I used to pick my nose and like the fresh tortillas that my nana used to make for my tata in the morning. She would have me calentar las tortillas and I'll pick my nose and like flip the tortilla and be there as a little kid, you know, just picking yeah. my nose. And then my tata always says, sacatelas. He's like, sacatelas. And I'm like, what? It's okay. You can still eat it. And you get so mad at <laughs> <Extra> me. <salt>. Yeah. <laughs> get so mad. It was just a bad habit. And it's so funny because Navora has that habit. Lily has that happen. Mm. And I was like, oh, you guys got the nose picking for me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, Nora was in my cartoon. She's like this. And I was like, oh, I used to do that all the time. That's so funny. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, anything else you ladies want to share, um, especially any advice you would give somebody else on this journey? Crystal, what would you give somebody in, like, an abusive relationship, whether it's verbal um, or physical? I know it's a lot of people will say, well, it's easier said than done, but you really, you possess the power to get out of it. Um, You know, how do I say it? So this is something that I feel like, this is like another quote that I found that I I tell my husband, like, if you're in that relationship and you just feel like, you are not happy if every day that goes by something else is going on and you're and you you know i know that it's it's hard and love is really blind but i feel like deep down you know like just put yourself first and it's going to be hard it's going to be so hard it's going to probably be the hardest thing you ever do but when you do it it's so liberating like just choose you at the end of the day, that person is going to be a part of your journey. It's going to make you who you are later on in life. Just choose happiness. Like, make sure you're happy every single day. Not all day, every day, but every day at least. 
So, yeah. Choose happiness. <clears throat> and for you, Jessica, um, through all the trials you've been through, um, not you no longer take significance away. I feel like even you said that it might not be as traumatic to somebody else listening to your story, but it was for you. And it was, it's part of your journey. Well, always like what advice would you give someone, you know, finding self-acceptance, um, being apologetic? Uh, cause I feel like, you know, it, it is hard, but what advice or what is something you would want to tell that person that's listening right now that's struggling? My recommendation would be to live your own journey. You want to be in control of your own life, be unapologetic yourself at all times and, and live life to the fullest and, and understand that we're only here temporary mm-hmm. and tomorrow's never promised. And uh, just just live your life. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, put everybody on the spot? Um, so if it nothing comes to mind, that's fine. And but you guys can all by all means, I could just chat away. You guys can find something. But I always ask somebody. I always ask um, the guest if there's a quote uh, that you guys would like to share. You guys can take a second to look for it, and I'll chat away. Um, but yeah, I just feel like quotes are something I like to share personally on a daily basis. Uh, I feel like quotes just speak to other people. Um, and it's something like a way for us to communicate. Um, we see quotes shared all around social media all the time um, and day to day. Or if you're like feeling low, like, you know, you look up, you might see something and it's like speaks to you. Um, <clears throat> so I'll let the ladies look for something. But for you listeners, I hope you guys um, are have enjoyed listening as much as I have enjoyed, you know, being honored to sit here with both powerful and beautiful women who now possess strength that moves mountains. Um, but Jess, when you're ready, you can go ahead and read your quote. Uh, this is a quote and I just recently posted it on social media because it really, uh, hit the nail on the coffin and it says, I'm not going to, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Yeah. I post motivational quotes, but I don't have everything figured out. I wake up and try my best to conquer my battles and try my hardest every single day. Doesn't matter if I fuck up or fail. I'll be back tomorrow. Be on it. And I don't know who wrote that, but it hits differently. You don't always have your, your shit together. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're just gonna, you just have to get up and keep pushing. Mm -hmm. So I just found a few that I like right away. One says, beauty isn't about having a pretty face. It's about having a pretty mind, a pretty heart, and a pretty soul. Mm-hmm. I love that because, I mean, honestly, aren't we all beautiful in our own way? Yeah. Like, we really are. And then once you get to know somebody, and like you said in the beginning, Des, like you, you thought I was just, you know, mean or angry, mm-hmm. but... Just sit down and talk to somebody, get to yeah, know them yeah. a little bit. And you're going to be like, wow, like, like you too. Like when I first saw you, I thought you looked pretty mean. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's the sweetest person ever. <laughs> like, it's not about looks. It's not like, it's about the inside, your heart, mm. who you are. And I found another one. It says 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do 
than by the ones you did do. So with that, it's just like, even for me and for everybody, like if, if you want to try something, do it. Mm -hmm. What's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe it doesn't work out, but at least you tried and and you did it and you know, so just do whatever makes you happy. At the end of the day, just, just try it. I'm over here like, I just, um, that quote is by Mark Twain and it says, let down your sails. And my dad, um, had, I was really hit, you know, life's not always perfect. And, um, I, I remember my senior year was the most impactful for me emotionally because my parents were like, they've always had this beautiful love, but all beautiful love hits, might hit an obstacle and they had hit an obstacle and I was so angry with him and he had left that tacked on my wall that quote um and I still have that paper and it's it's all like Mm. you know like not perfect and kind of stained yellow but that quote always it hits home so I felt like that was like um like like a like perfect like a week um yeah um Crystal, tell us a little bit about also, because I, I, Crystal does, she is a stay-at-home mom, but she's also a nail tech. So if you want to just like share too, that way you can get your social media out there and people can start following you, especially for those local high desert. Uh, so they can go to you and get their nails did. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> so I am an inspiring nail tech. I've been um, practicing since last year in August and my IG is Ashley X Nails. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-X-N-A-I-L-Z. So follow me if you're in the high desert area and want your nails done. I would love the practice and thank you. And then Jess, if you want to share your IG, I feel like you're just always so honest and so pure and vulnerable (laughs) and straightforward. And I love that about you. And I appreciate, um, and I just love that we were able to cross cross paths. So yeah, my, um, IG page is at Jess underscore wash. It's J E Z Z underscore W A S H. Um, that's my Instagram under Jessica Washington. Um, I post a lot of crazy things, uh, just to keep us going. Yeah. So what, you guys might hear a lot of commotion right now, and I'm going to probably get lectured by my husband why I'm moving so much. But I um, moved these homemade baked banana chocolate, chocolate banana muffins that um, Crystal made. And they're bomb. And I already had two. They're amazing. Uh, don't judge me. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to lay these out. So I have these cards, right? Um, they were given to me by Mo who I had on the podcast, she's 12 years, um, sober from, well, meth, but also alcohol, just clean. Um, but she had, yeah, she had sent me, I had asked her about these cards and cause I wanted to buy some. Um, and, uh, three days later, she's, you know, she had messaged me and she's like, um, they're, they're coming in the mail. And I was like, well, what's coming in the mail? I thought she was asking about her order, her self-love effect shirt. And she's like, no, the cards. So like when I got there on Friday, I had pulled the first one out and it was exactly what I had needed. But since we're on here and I know you girls, um, you know, you know, I, I just feel like sharing it. And I know that you guys have 
belief in a higher power and good energy and God. So I want you guys to pull one out. You know, I can shuffle the deck some more, but whatever you feel, and then we can read it. So, and then we can end the podcast a little different. <clears throat> so whoever wants to read first, and if it speaks to you, say why. Okay, so today I will remember that it's okay to talk about the issues that bother me. Ah, I love that. <laughs> it is by sharing these concerns that I will move beyond them. I will trust myself to choose the best confident possible, confident, confidant possible. Mm-hmm. Someone who will not use my disclosures against me mm-hmm. and who will give me healthy feedback. Mm-hmm. I love that. Today, I will be open to the process of change. I will trust my higher power and believe that the place where I'll be dropped off is better than the place where I was picked up. I know that change is necessary to take me wherever I need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much is what my whole. Were you guys I feel like we picked the able? Perfect card. I know, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, when you first started reading, I was like, oh. Just meant yeah. say, you know, just everything kind of just, you know, it's funny how that works. I, uh, today I will work at loving myself unconditionally. God, please help me let go of self-loathing and other unproductive behaviors. Today, God, I want to hold myself in high self-esteem. I know I could do so with your help, which is so funny because my only post today on Instagram was I'm like in this outfit and for the longest time, I started to hot, like my booty shorts and workout sports bra became my new hoodie. Mm-hmm. I hate regular clothes. I hated what I look like. And finally, yesterday, I was like, you know, I, I just have to stop, you know, reflection for me and trying to be a better person. You have to practice what I preach. And I'm, I strongly believe in that. Before, when I was younger, I would not practice. What I, I wouldn't give a shit. But that's funny. I picked this because, like, my new thing for me is like to, like, be comfortable in regular clothes and feel confident. And I could say that with truly believing it instead yeah. of self-building. Cause I swear every outfit I'm like, oh, I asked Mike for like the last, like, I don't know how many months I'm like, I don't look good in that. I look fat in that. Oh my God. My shoulders are too broad. I just, but if you put me in workout clothes, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm feeling myself. And then you put me in regular, I'll fuck that. And then you put some PJs or a hoodie on. Um, so it's fun. Yeah. I, like, I love these cards. You picked um, the perfect ones. Yeah, Crazy. they make me they make me happy. Um, but ladies, do you guys have anything else to say? To say to say or share? Well, I just want to say thank you. Um, more than anything, it was nice to talk with you guys. Um, I know that we all, I mean, we're all friends and mm-hmm. we've gotten to know each other. But it's nice to get to know you guys in a deeper yeah. level, and it just brings us closer. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you uh, for having us here and and allowing us to share a little story that I think a lot of people didn't know. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you both for being so honest, transparent, um, and vulnerable, um, sharing sides of you that people didn't know. And most people who listen to this um, will be in awe. And I think if they had any type of like, mm, like it now it would make sense to them and bring clarity of why she's like that. Wow. Wow. Like that's empowering 
or someone's listening doesn't know you at all, but is going through the same thing or might have struggled through the same thing. Now they could say it out loud and face those demons and let go of that weight that has been holding them down for years. So I thank you guys for your vulnerability, but also like Jess said earlier, it's a privilege to have you guys here. It's an honor um, for you guys to share your time with me. And I say this every single episode now, but time is the one thing. And I think it's the most precious gift another human being can give another because you cannot get that back. Your last, you know, two hours here, you guys cannot gain that. You guys either missed out on your babies or birthday, you know, family birthday. And, um, I just, I thank you guys. And from the bottom of my heart for being here, um, we might not see each other every day, but I do think of you both quite often. And I, and I look at you guys as some, you know, as both women I idolize. So, um, with that being said, I, I thank you ladies for being here. I thank you guys for listening to the podcast for everyone listening. Thank you for your love and support. Um, make sure you, comment, like, subscribe. Um, it'll get us to the top of, um, you know, the search engine. And I do thank you guys for your constant weekly support. We're almost at 5,000 listens. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we're changing lives every single day because it very much is a domino effect where one can help another, um, other others will follow. So again, thank you guys for listening. Um, Before I let you guys go, again, happy Mother's Day to every mother out there. Feliz de las Madres. I know in Mexico we celebrate on el 11 de mayo, the 11th of May, every year. Um, So I love you guys. Thank you so much. And let me drop you some discount codes. Um, Spring Collection is here for Born Primitive. There is restocks going on. um, So make sure you head on over. Um, and get your hands on either new workout apparel or just casual. You could follow. You can follow. You could follow them at Born Primitive on IG. Um, also, I have a direct link now that'll save you at checkout automatically. So I'll drop that in the synopsis it's, as well as my bio on IG at Lincoln's underscore Treasures. And then save your hands. Stop tearing. The best grips in the world. Wad and done. You could save at checkout using Treasures. 10. I have not torn in over a year. It feels good not to be bleeding all over the place. Um, also new Maven threads, headbands. I love headbands. I'm not a headband junkie. I guess I'm getting there, but the fact of the matter is, is I sweat a lot and I ruin all my baseball caps because of it. Um, it looks like salt water. So I now wear headbands to work out. You could save using self love effect at checkout. Um, and then if you don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar, you can head on over to goalie, get yourself some gummies. You could save at Lincoln's underscore treasures. And also, I don't know why I keep forgetting to do this, but we do have a self low effect shop, um, self low effect.com. And you could save now and to our listeners only will save using self love effect. Um, you could save, get yourself some apparel, rep the podcast, or just rep some really just inspiring, um, quotes. I know Jess, you, you do so. Um, so I appreciate your love and support. And last but not least, please give a big follow and support to the UR brute force community, uh, follow them over. They'll give you a follow. Um, they love all, um, their community members and it's awesome to see one another inspire each other. So again, thank you guys for all your love and support. Um, I can't wait for you guys to listen or re-listen to this. Cause obviously if you're at the end, you already listened, but, 
Um, I love you guys. Thank you. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.